Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. It's an exciting team, and the, and the team is ready. I feel like we just needed just something to galvanize. I'm not saying I'm it. I'm just saying there's an energy that's kind of surrounded me, and and uh, the team has picked up on it, and and it's a uh, it's a good feeling. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. I just want to say that was uh, that was Aaron Rodgers and Sports Center earlier today, and that was not planned around the fact that Aaron Rodgers suffered an injury about 40 minutes ago uh, in the first drive as a member of the New York Jets. He's not in the game. Bills Jets. It's on our sister station CBS 1500. Uh, Monday Night Football right there. Apparently, he has a boot on his uh, left leg. He was uh, on a cart. He limped to the locker room. Um, there is uh, there's a lot we need to get to on that. By the way, uh, Keegan, I, I realized in listening to that, I, I realized the wrong music played in our open. Can you Can you hit the correct music to start the show? Thank you. Hunter's so giddy. Do you, do you realize what I'm doing here, Hunter? No. This is what they play at Lambeau Field when the Packers score. Really? Yeah. All right. You know, the sad thing is, is the joke just went way over Hunter's head. This was supposed to be my way of, like, puffing out my chest when the Packers win in week one. Okay. And your yeah. team loses. We didn't have a bet on it. I mean, it would work if we if it played at Lambeau. <laughs> this, is, this is true, but the it would also work if you actually knew what it was. <laughs> I thought you would have. Yeah, again. <sighs> I don't know who takes the L on that. The, the Bears definitely take the L. Yeah, well, that's, and that's I fact. guess subsequently that's me. <laughs> and the unfortunate thing was I, it would feel worse if it was close. Yeah. Like we've just gone back to like 2016 when Rodgers won an MVP or whatever mm -hmm. and him doing the discount double check stupidity <laughs> and we just get to watch that year after year. And now it looks like uh, another guy. Named Love is doing that to us, too. So Jordan Love took the deed of the ownership that Aaron Rodgers had, and he took the deed and, and uh, now, by default, uh, is the owner of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they had a transfer of title. Yeah, there you go. That's what it and, is. And uh, there's... There's no warrant out for uh, him stealing anything. It's been given over. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, I you can't tell him a little... I, I'm not even upset enough to be bitter or... Or um, or upset. It's it's like when you come home and you just were not being a, a good child to your parents, and they give you the classic, "I'm not mad. I'm just yeah. disappointed." That's right. That's right. That's how I feel about my Bears right now. Well, you know what? It's week one. Um, I wasn't. I I was gonna just leave it. It's probably that. what the Giants are saying too right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Um. Even though they lost forty to nothing. More on that later. Yeah, that that but was an annihilation. That is maybe not quite as bad, but home opener, season opener against Green Bay, and we got our butts handed to us. You know what? I will. This this is the reason why I didn't want to make a big deal out of it outside of the music. Is that a week one and B? 
I think your team at the end of the day will be better than what you showed in week one. Um, I think my team will be as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's why we didn't put a bet on it. That's why we were kind of diplomatic about it. Uh, we'll the see Bears later were the almost as sloppy as you age, which I know we'll get into <sighs> later as well. Wow. Yeah, we will get into that in, in segment two. Um, the breaking news, however, is on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just got the word here. Uh, the Jets have ruled Aaron Rodgers out for the remainder of this Monday night football game. X-rays on what appears to be an injured left ankle uh, came back negative, according to the team. So um, I wonder if he's taken any hallucinogenics and thinks that he's still playing. That's a, uh, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. You, um, you, know, you said something to me before we, we came on the air about the significance of the foot that the injury is on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it appeared it was his left ankle not his right, and and that is a significant thing, right? I believe so. Um, now, even after I said that to you, I watched a, a couple videos of his throwing progression, and he does get to his front side well, but uh, I think with his throwing motion that he can actually throw just fine off of his back foot. Okay. With his release, he's got that kind of sidearm almost – it's similar to if you're listening at home, like pretend like you're throwing a dart. It's a very similar action to that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to step fully into your front foot as, you know, uh, a baseball pitcher, for instance, who really needs to get downhill. Rogers can kind of flick it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not looked to to be a scrambler, um, but you do need to be somewhat functional i think that that's the word because we saw what happened with mahomes in the playoffs right with his ankle Mm -hmm. where he wasn't able to run and also barely could hand the ball off in outside zone run plays so that to me will truly be the tell if rogers is able to go again is being able to just get to that outside zone position to hand the ball off you know the other thing i thought was interesting and just watching that first and I guess only series that Aaron Rodgers will have in this game was when he was in a position to throw the football, um, he was pressured. Um, There was a play, um, there was a play, I think it was the play before that, where Rodgers was in trouble, he got out of the pocket to his right and ultimately was able to throw the ball away. Uh, but he was – it was one of those almost classic, like, Rodgers is stumbling. He almost goes down. He's able to kind of pick himself back up and then, um, you know, throw it away. But I don't recall a – and granted, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had just a small handful of snaps. But, um, you know, he goes 0 for 1. You know, the only throw he had was a throwaway. I don't recall a situation in which Aaron Rodgers had a clean pocket. Hmm. And again – we're talking about two plays, but in both plays, pressure in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of clean time to make a play. And if we weren't talking about the injury, if the injury didn't happen, then the next thing we'd be talking about is what is wrong with that New York Jets offensive line mm. that in, in Aaron Rodgers' first two plays throwing the football, he's got no clean pocket and no ability to make plays, which would lead you to believe something like this could happen down the line. It's the lone thing that can stymie good quarterback or good 
receiver play, good, good play calling, good coaching. If you can't keep the opposing D line at bay, you're you, you need time for pass plays to to happen. You need time for him to get set, get through his progressions. You're not always going to have your first read and. I know we'll get into it at length later, Josh. That's what happened to UH this last weekend, L- allowing five sacks from an FCS team. I mean, that single-handedly wrecked shop on what we were trying to do in this new run-and-shoot offense. So, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. If if you're the New York Jets, no amount of preseason hype or playmakers really make all of the difference in the world if you can't keep your quarterback safe. You know, we get to watch Zach Wilson. It is off the bench here on ESPN. Honolulu Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. We get to watch Zach Wilson, four of six for 39 yards. He has been sacked, by the way. Uh, So two sacks by uh, Buffalo Bills defense in the first quarter and a half, which I don't think is a very good sign here um, early on. But I I go back to that opening bite of Aaron Rodgers where he talks about, um, you know, he thinks that this team is built enough to win this is not okay you know we're we're not going in here in a work in progress he feels all the work that's been done will lead to them having a a winning season I guess that now all depends Zach Wilson was much maligned uh, which is why they brought in Aaron Rodgers to begin with Um, is this team built well enough for a backup quarterback to come in or a former starter Mm -hmm. however you want to want to call Zach Wilson and win with him I mean, perhaps the the one thing that we've watched in just the the short time I've been here in the studio is their ability to run the ball a little bit. Brees Hall broke free. Brees Hall looks good, and he's got 109 yards on two carries. Jeez, uh, okay. And That's, he also looked like he ran out of gas on his last one after about 50 yards. Hey, the you know <laughs> safeties and corners of the NFL they can they can track down a running back. It's different than college. True. Um, with that being said, if you have a halfway decent running game, it will create options in the pass. So if you can do that, I'm pretty sure any backup of the NFL can hand the ball off mm-hmm. and then hit checkdowns. So I'm not sure if they're going to be quite the high-powered offense that everyone expected them to be this season. Um, and time will tell, too, just the severity of Rodgers' injury, right? But... If they're able to run the ball, they might be able to keep themselves in games because we know about their defense. Right. I, I I did not expect. I knew we'd talk a little bit about this game. I didn't expect we we might spend a little more time than I think um, we maybe were planning just because of the Rodgers injury and whether we get to 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 learn more. But certainly there was a lot of um, a lot of hype on this game coming in just because of that and. It's a divisional game. I think that's the other thing that makes this injury pop out a little bit more. These divisional games matter when it comes to tiebreakers. The AFC East, uh, maybe maybe even with New England. Um, They were about to get blown out yesterday by the Philadelphia Eagles until the Eagles decided to let them back into the game. And a toe touch away from making that really interesting down the stretch. Right. you know, they ultimately lose 25 to 20. Mac Jones throws three TDs. A reminder that don't count the Patriots out of this division just yet. Dolphins looked great. Uh, you know, now you've got these two teams looking to see who's going to go one and oh. Any, any, um, any interdivision loss mm. 
if it comes down to a tiebreaker, yeah. is going to mean so much. Thank you for reminding me about what happened yesterday between our teams. That's well, I wasn't even thinking <laughs> about that. But I, I, I mean, in in the division we're in, I still believe the Minnesota Vikings are the best division in or best team in that division. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see that division as uh, as tightly bunched as I think the the AFC East. Well, is. and we saw what the Dolphins could do yesterday, man. That, yeah. To me, that was the game of Week One. Mm-hmm. Was them against the Chargers, two super high powered offenses, and living up to the potential of what both of those young play callers could accomplish. Cause now uh, Kellen Moore isn't with the Cowboys any longer. He's over there with the chargers. That's right. Um, really, really fun game. If you didn't get to watch that one, um, but uh, you should go try to catch the, the highlights of that over on YouTube. But Josh, I, I can't ever just like you can't not take off the, uh, the manager hat. I can't not take off my graphic design hat okay. just for a second. The Giants and the Cowboys played in this exact stadium last night. Right. And the Giants logo was at midfield and in the end zones. Yep. And now I'm looking at the Jets logo in the middle of the field. That's impressive. It is. They were hard at work late last night after to, that 40 to nothing drubbing. And it was there was nonstop rain throughout that game. The, the and, fact that and they, this morning. That's they, right. They had the field completely cleared about an hour <laughs> hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. They had the field completely cleared. That, that's a job well done. And uh, I don't think stadium people get enough credit for things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's important because normally the Jets and the Giants will schedule um, one week on, one week off kind sure. of home games. Yeah. But this is kind of one of those rare things because one of the teams played on Monday night that they played the same weekend. Yep. It's crazy. Um, so update there. Uh, it is a uh, 10-3 Bills lead, 3.08 to go in the first half. Uh, Zach Wilson just threw a pick. Jets fan caught on TV giving the middle finger. And uh, we Looking are off. like a, a stereotypical <laughs> Jets fan. We are off and running here in week number one. All right. Um, University of Hawaii football. I mean, there are so many. There are so many storylines from, oh from yesterday. I mean, or, or Saturday, I beg your pardon. The win, you said a little bit of it. The um, you know, the struggle to protect Braden Shager, the attendance, the, at times, discipline issues. I mean, we could, we, we've got a laundry list of things that I think we can kind of get into, uh, and we'll pick it apart over the next couple of hours. I, I You know what we'll start with? We'll we'll start with the attendance number because I already see a, a a text on that that we'll kind of address here, um, in, in just a little bit. So we'll do that coming up next. Busy Monday already, as you're listening to Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Great to have you in. You can get in touch with us at 808-296-1420. If you've got Spectrum, Verizon, Wireless, you can call in at 808-546-1223. All right. There are, I, I feel like there are a hundred different storylines from University of Hawaii football. The play we'll get to, um, the extra stuff, I, I don't know how to put it correctly, the extra stuff um, we'll get to. But immediately, I mean, we get a question in on our Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, one of the conversations that I think has taken a life of its own over um, the last, oh, I don't know, um, three days, the attendance, 13,000-plus hmm. tickets issued 
on Friday against Stanford, the previous Friday against Stanford. It wasn't a sellout. Um, tickets issued was well. Let's 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 put it bluntly. It was not close. I think it was uh, what nine? Yeah, nine thousand four hundred eighty-five tickets issued. About four thousand less than the Stanford game through the turnstiles. Seven thousand six hundred forty-six. It's fifteen three. So do the math through the turnstiles. You had a fifty percent crowd at the Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex. So Tony texted in, and this is fair because this has been the conversation now for two years. Will UH football lose its Division One status if they cannot keep the NCAA attendance requirement of at least fifteen thousand per game? Um. See, the one thing I don't know is what the back-channel conversation is. Right. Um, we know that the FBS minimum is 15000 We also know that there was proposed legislation to get rid of the 15000 minimum. That's right. The NCAA was reviewing that. Yes. It hasn't been approved. I don't know if it will be approved. Um, during the pandemic, there was a waiver because, you know, a lot of places you didn't have fans going to games. Um, so I think some of that right now is, is kind of in flux, but I am not the person Hunter. I've never tried to be this person that tells people how to spend their money. You know, I, everybody's money needs and, and money matters are different. And I don't believe in being that person, but I, I feel like 9,485 tickets issued at a 15,000 seat venue is a significant conversation, right? I mean, that's not, yeah, it's a little more than half, right? Uh, no, well, turnstiles. It, it's technically, turnstiles is less than half. It's less than half, yeah. I mean, what's been the talk the last couple of years? It's been, hey, let's not build um, the new Aloha Stadium. Let's build something bigger at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. And, and I, I think John Venary made an interesting point, you know, post-game where he said, um, you know, you can't talk about building a bigger venue when no. you can't fill the one you currently have. That's exactly right. That, to me, is the most frustrating, alarming thing right now. How are you going to convince the University of Hawaii to allocate more funds yeah. to continue to build up our facilities if we can't even fill the ones that... I mean, th th there's other needs. If... If the fans aren't supporting our program, and yes, I'm going to be critical like that because all the way back to 2019, Josh, when the last time we were great, we had, we had a, um, a chance of the Mountain West title game. We couldn't fill Aloha Stadium. Mm -hmm. I remember that. So don't give me the, the crap about not being good enough. We were great. Went on and smoked BYU in the Hawaii Bowl that year. Mm -hmm. Smoked them. By the way, that guy, that QB, I'm looking at him on screen right now. Smoked him. Zach Smoked Wilson. him. Zach Wilson. Okay. Um, what I've watched it year in and year out, honestly, since the Mac era. Since then, we have struggled to support our teams. Through the Chow era, Rolo helped bring us back. Then the Graham era, COVID, unfortunately. Timmy Chang is doing everything he can to cling on to what we have right now. It's, it, whenever we play an FCS school, we always usually play one on our schedule every year. It's usually a dip in attendance. Again, <clears throat> um, it's not as much of a draw as playing a, 
a solid, you know, known brand like like a Stanford. Um, and with that, Stanford's home crowd was actually pretty significant as well. I, I need to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I, I I would have loved to see close to ten, Josh. I would have loved to seen fifteen. And I don't know if I'm asking for a lot, um, but I think look. I'm going to take this this conversation maybe a little bit differently than maybe some people are. Um, I think we have a great opportunity with you and I, um, and I and I think the audience to be able to ask questions and try to get answers. Um, and I think from our perspective as well, I think we can find ways to answer those answers. Um, you know, I've I've heard everything from, oh. Um, the seats are uncomfortable or, yeah. you know, the team doesn't win or you know, I've, I've heard some of those things. Tickets are too expensive. Um, I, I feel like we can kind of knock through some of those things, but that's kind of what I want to figure out. Um, and, and that's where I, I want, you know, I, I want the listener to be able to jump into the conversation because I don't want it to be, you know, I, I don't I don't want these conversations to become like, a, well, shame on you or, you know, just kind of beating down on, on, on the individual because they're not going to games or they're critical of certain things. Like, you know, I, I think we want to listen. Right. I think we want to be critical where criti- being critical is necessary. And I think what you said is absolutely right. And I think it is very fair when you go back to days of when this team was successful and the struggles that were there, yeah. um, you know, it. It's a fair conversation. I also think, I remember back at that time too, um, I don't think the Aloha Stadium experience was great. And I think it did at times turn some people away. Hmm. Um, some, I, I think sometimes it wasn't necessarily about the, the team. It wasn't necessarily about the play. Sometimes it was just the experience that was lackluster by the people hosting it at that venue. So I want to turn it. To, to you, the audience. Why? If you're not going to games or you people or you know people who aren't going to games, what's their reason for it? I want to understand because I don't want to go in blindly with the 9485 number and come yeah. back and be like, well, shame on you. I want to understand. This is for all those New York Jets fans right now, including the one who uh, dropped the finger uh, on, on national television. R.E.M. To be fair, the end of the world as we know it. To be fair, he probably didn't know he was on TV. No, no, but he still dropped it. <laughs> and they caught it. You know, if if uh, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't hurt, would he have dropped that bird? Mm, no, probably not. And also, have you ever been to an NFL game, Josh? I've been to a preseason game. Okay. They get rowdy. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Rowdy. I've been I've been to two Bears Packers games in my life. Once when I was uh I was eleven. Oh. And there were two different occasions where my dad forced my head down beneath the crowd to keep me from seeing something. Fights or uh items of clothing being removed. Oh, Oh, I was I was thinking we were going somewhere different, but Which, okay. It was like 35 degrees outside. Yikes. Yes. I, I only bring it up because uh, someone flipping off a, 
an, another player because it looked like it was towards a Bills player. That's pretty uh, on par w- with being in an NFL in an NFL stadium. I thought you were going somewhere different because um, I, you know, me being on social media too much, I have seen videos of like rowdy fights that occur that take up different rows of uh, of different venues. And uh, I thought that's what you were thinking. I did not think that articles of clothing would be a part of the rowdiness that you were referring to. Neither did to. I. <laughs> I think at that time, my dad thought, ah, he can handle some language. It was way more than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, join Chris Hart and Cole Malsoff for the student section from the Autosource Carousel uh, September 19th at 7 p.m. In this episode, you could learn uh, – Check out this episode and learn how to be a part of the live audience. Hear it on ESPN Honolulu or see it on our YouTube channel the next day. Uh, Mahalo to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Um, we were talking a little bit about uh, the fact that there were, there were 7,000-plus people at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. And instead of pointing the finger, I think we want to ask questions. We want to understand um, and then we want to read accidental texts like this one from the 281. <laughs> this, Matt, you have box. It's on the dryer. <laughs> Thank you for uh, letting us know that someone has a box on the dryer. Uh, I just, I, I, you know. That's a good one. Some people say we should leave some of those things alone. I say no. I say we frame that one and put it in the studio. You know, there are there are people who's, who complain that, uh, they complain about me. Sometimes we read these texts. And you come off like a like a know-it-all. You know, here's the thing. When you send in texts, just like when you call and you make it on air, you are fair game. Yep. You're absolutely fair game. You chose to call. Yes, you did. You chose to text. You chose to call. You chose to interact. You will either reap the praise you deserve or... Or suffer the consequences you may ultimately deserve as well. And it's not always the consequences coming from us. It's from other people listening to the show. Someone knows very well about that. Yeah. Um, Let's go through some of these texts uh, via our Zephyr Insurance text line as we kind of ask these questions. Well, Why is it that you you have 7,600 crossing the turnstiles? Texter from the 619 says, I believe it's the travel, parking, no tailgate. If we had Aloha Stadium in Halava... We could get more West Side support for people that can't make it. I have a I've have a great time at the game. Loved both of the games here. Section 149 season ticket holder. So this is someone that goes to the games, enjoys it. Yep. Um, but is kind of offering an opinion based on maybe friends or, or whoever it is as to maybe why others don't go to the game. And to be fair, you know, when we were doing countdown to kickoff, that was at four o'clock, two hours before kickoff time. Mm-hmm. There were people in the stadium, yes, coming in, enjoying the atmosphere, probably enjoying the uh, the different food truck options over in the uh, the northeast corner mm-hmm. of uh, the TC Ching Athletic Complex. And on top of that, they were doing that in the rain. Yes, like the the rain stopped come game time, but beforehand it was kind of coming down it was so i'd bring that up because there are the the hawaii faithful that show up rain shine or whatever else yeah um let's let's address some of these and we'll okay. we'll we'll pick these apart um travel this i mean this kind of affects anybody depending where you live right i mean if you live in manoa then you're traveling what 20 some odd minutes there's travel for you 
um, if you were going to the old Aloha Stadium. If you flip it the other way around and you live in Iaea and you're headed toward Manoa, that's 20 some odd minutes for you. Um, you know, there is the, you know, the um, line getting in. Granted, um, it may not be as easy to get in because, I mean, you have two ways in. You have the Wailai Gate and you have the, uh, the Dole Street Gate. Uh, but I also recall, if I'm not mistaken, that when Aloha Stadium had the games, they didn't open up all the gates, right? I think they opened up, what, two or three? I don't think all the gates opened at Aloha Stadium. Yeah, no, it was just a couple of them. It was the main one, and then there was there was the one right on the opposite side of the shopping center. Yep. Uh, maybe there was one. No, you know what? That one, I think, was for, like, people who were working. Or whatever. Then there was the other one in the in the corner. I think. Yeah, the, it's been the a while. one. The one main gate by uh, the ticketing booth. That was kind of the the main mm-hmm. gate to enter from. Right. Where yeah, and he had the buses going through there too. So I mean, travel is going to hit anybody. I mean, if you don't live in that particular area, so I I think that washes. Parking, um, at Aloha Stadium, parking filled up. You had alternate lots. It's kind of, and, and I think actually the one kind of interesting thing that I think the University of Hawaii does, uh, which I kind of like, is the prepaying for parking. It kind of ensures, hey, if you're going to, if you want to park close by, you need to get on it. It puts the onus on the person going to the game to make sure you're going to get your ticket and you're going to pay for parking. Now, I did notice, and I don't recall this the last time. I went in differently for the first game because I was coming from somewhere else. Um, there was a line for people to pay for parking. I don't know if you noticed that when you got there. That when you go in from the Dole Street side, the right side, the yep. right lane was for people who had already prepaid and had the passes. And then there was another, the the next left uh, right turn lane uh, on the outside of that. There was a sign that said, you know, paying for parking or something along those lines, okay. which tells me that parking um, wasn't sold out mm. for this game, but. You know, again, you you find your way. You have alternate lots and you have shuttles uh, going back to Aloha Stadium time. You got Upper Campus. Um, you prepay prepay for parking here. You have that. The tailgate thing is, I I think where the 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 stickier situation is. I get it. A lot of people like to tailgate. I get it. And and you're not it's a big gonna, part of football. It is. You can't make everybody happy, and I realize that. Um, but I also realize, and I, I've said this several times, Hunter, that at, at some point you have to have kind of a concession on, on, on all sides, right? Like here, you know, we have a temporary stadium. This was not supposed to be the plan. This We were supposed to be at Aloha Stadium, and, you know, we should have been taken care of there. We're not. This is a stopgap solution. Otherwise, where do you want this team to play? Where do you want them to go? You want them to go to War Memorial? You want them to go to Maui and play a bunch of games and be away from here to try to maintain some sort of FBS status? You know, at at, at some point in time, you can't have it all. Yeah. You can't give me a good reason why we can't open up the top level of the structure. Okay. Something. Uh huh. Or opposite side of of uh, of Dole Street by uh, the walkway on Upper Campus, right there. Well, I think that's the one. I think 
You go, I'm sorry, go ahead. You just you cannot sell me on a reason why that is not an option. And I, I, I don't care about upper campus, lower campus. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's only on game day. And if you if you keep it in a small section, cleanup will be will be easier that way. And also, sorry. No, go for it. A little bit related, kind of unrelated. The bookstore was closed on game day. Hmm. If I am if I'm coming with my kid and he wants a UH hat, there's nowhere to get one. Well, there actually was somewhere open. They did, you know, on the other side of the um, the the porta potties next to the, uh, it was kind of hidden to your point, um, but next to the entrance to the athletic offices, there was a tent for people to go in and buy stuff. And I I saw it, and I also can validate that because Gary went in and said he bought a couple of shirts. Okay, all right. But to your point, normally it's only the the bookstore. Yes, and I, I told Keegan actually before whenever I was getting ready, I'm like, hey, I need to go up and and check if they have something, and the the door was locked yeah but to your point though was it entirely visible maybe not yeah um and you and i are down there early like i feel like we need to be on the know for that kind of stuff so um because okay. i you know because i walked by it and i was like wait i haven't seen this before there we go um let's say hi to harlan who's been uh, waiting patiently here at 808-296-1420 harlan how are you all right chris how you doing buddy i'm not chris Sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> this, is Josh and, this is Josh and Hunter. What's up, man? That, that was awkward. All right. Sorry, Josh. Um, so what happened is um, I went to the Tampa game. Uh, my Cowboys played against Tampa in Tampa. And um, I booked – actually, my wife booked my tickets and my parking. So I had reserved parking. With reserved parking, it took my son and I 30 minutes to walk to the stadium. So mm. anybody who's complaining about parking, come to the mainland. I went to the Jets in being a Patriots game, and we caught the – bus from you, you go you uh, park in a big lot in new york you get on these buses they take you over the bridge you play in uh, in new jersey the metlife stadium but don't complain about parking the parking here is nothing compared to the games on the mainland i just wanted to share that with you no i i appreciate you great, sharing that it's a great point i mean even yeah. wrigley um they'll usually open up grass fields mm-hmm. and you pay 20 bucks and if it rains like you're, you're parking your car in the mud like we we have a structure that has more than enough room to fill our stadium. Yeah. And if not, I mean, your lots aren't that far away. He said 30 minutes for that Cowboys-Tampa game. You've got lots that are much closer than 30 minutes, like across the street or like a block down, right? Upper campus, like right there. Yep. So, but you know what it is? And I, again, I want to be diplomatic about it. I don't. I don't. I'm, wanna, I'm trying to fight to be a devil's advocate too. I don't. I don't want to be a jerk here. Um, I think there are some people who just haven't had those experiences, and you know they may not know that. Hey, you know um, this is what it's like elsewhere. This is what it's like at the big venues. Because um, the one preseason game I went to was um, was in San Francisco. It was at the old Candlestick. And, yeah, parking was very, very, very expensive. Um, but that's what you expect. There are some places where you're going to spend sometimes up to, like, what, 80 to 100 bucks on game day to park. I mean, um, what's it called? Uh, where Michigan is in, um, in Ann Arbor, yeah. Michigan. That's how a lot of those people survive mm-hmm. is 
auctioning off their driveways and then season ticket holders get a, a place to, to park. Right. Um, and so I don't know, Josh, there's, I think there's room even to adopt it a little bit more from the surrounding community. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it still feels like there's not the the buy-in that there could be. Would you say that's fair? I think that's fair. And by the way, parking is fifteen bucks. I I think for football game days, fifteen dollar parking is reasonable. I know it's seven for non-football, um, or if you're going on campus, but as compared to other places where you can go, sevens. Or 15 is very reasonable for Division One FBS football. And a 200-yard walk? Tops? Yeah. Tops. Yeah. I, I The higher up you are, maybe the walk is a little bit more. But, but there's an elevator. Yeah. No, I, you're, you're exactly right. But I also realize that, again, I'm, there's a devil's advocate to a devil's advocate to a devil's advocate yep. in trying to understand the situation. I also th- realize there are those who are a little bit older. Um, you know, it's the Aloha Stadium situation was probably not good for them either. Um, maybe this situation with a parking structure as compared to a flat parking lot. There's always, you know, even in Aloha Stadium, there is the ability to drop off your relative, your yeah, uncle, your true. auntie, right up front. Same same thing here, you know, especially if you're coming in from, I guess that would be Wiley side, Wiley Avenue. You have to drive directly next to the northwest end, end zone. Right. So there's there's options here. Yeah, and, and we'll talk more about this stuff. I mean, there, there are other things that are coming out, I think, where, where people have questions about okay. You know, or or their reasons, and we'll we'll talk about those coming up. Texter from the two two five, good show. Stay on this topic if can. Okay. Thank you. We'll do our best. Well, we're certainly going to talk more UH football. Can. Can can can. If can can. If no can. No can. Silly excuse. Um, <laughs> Texter from the 753 um, here at our Zephyr Insurance hotline. We were talking about parking, right? Um, Texter says, I parked at the old theater parking across from Rock Bottom Bar, and that would be the old Varsity Theater where we used to do um, Countdown to Kickoff from. Got parking, tailgated at the bar, walked under the freeway to the game, seven-minute walk. Parking was $8. If there is a will, there is a way. Go Bows. And I know about that walk because uh, Arnold Martinez and I last year would make the walk yep. after countdown. We would we would be on our horse to, in that time, get from there to the game and not miss kickoff. Yep. Um, and many times we just barely made it. Mm. And then would enter the southeast end zone by Les Murakami. No, we would. Oh, you would go right by the locker the room. Media then. Yep, yeah. The media entrance. Yeah, the media entrance. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you, you had that that walk around too, because we'd come out by the 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 front entrance, I think, to the pool area, the uh, the aquatics complex. 
Oh, yep. Yeah. So you'd come out there, you walk through the, the housing, and then you get up there. Uh, one more here. Texter from the 233. I can see the argument people have of it being uncomfortable. My season seats are in the Eva end zone. I couldn't go this past weekend due to work. But at the Stanford game, a guy that sat in front of me had a seat back, and I had to shift the way I was seated because he was way too close. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I look, I know that this is probably a shift from Aloha Stadium where we're, your, your seats were definitely separated and, and all of that, but um, it, this is also a reminder that a lot of other stadiums, you've been to them, a lot of other stadiums have bleacher style seating and you kind of just, you know, you, you figure it out and you sit there and, and you hope that the people around you are cognizant of that and respectful of space. And, you know, you make the um, ability to be there one that everyone can you know take part in. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, if there's room to move around though, I'd encourage you to move around. You know, that's kind of the benefit of not having a full stadium is you can kind of get creative a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also Josh, uh, not to throw this out there, but, uh, but you are, if you're going to come <laughs> to the game, refrain from getting in a fight with other fans. I know we'll talk about it probably more later on but since since you said it unbelievable think, uh, since you said it i think we can't avoid the topic any longer because i think there is a bigger conversation i think that comes from that um i can recall in years past when people talked about old hawaii teams and they talked about penalties yeah and you know discipline was the conversation and unfortunately i think the discipline conversation reared its head in a big way on Saturday. I feel like uh, Bright Lights Bigger City is uh, certainly a theme for New York, right? It is It is the big city. It is where Monday night football is happening. Bills and Jets, they're in the third quarter. That game is on our sister station, CBS 1500. But for those people in New York, especially that man who didn't realize he was flipping the bird and it was caught on camera, I don't think uh, Bright Lights, Bigger City is uh, the appropriate song. Um, what What is it right now that a lot of these Jets fans feel like? Please, Keegan. In the arms yeah. yeah. They're headed to the Humane Society. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, yeah. they're in the doghouse. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, sad. It is sad. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when when do I let this fade. I, it's pretty funny, just in the situational irony that we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think we can bring it down now. I, it is. It is. Is uh, is, uh, is Gary Dickman a Jets guy or is yes? He, oh man, yeah, he is. Poor Gary. <laughs> now that was well time to bring it back. Oh man. Um, you know who else is a Jets fan? Steven Tsai. Mmm. There's no comfort for any of them right now. There, there's, there's, there's no comfort for any of them. Um, well, actually, no. I, I take that back. There is only one comfort: is if Aaron Rodgers' season isn't over. 
Yeah, no. That, now, now the, think, mo the moment's gone, Keegan. I think it's gone. The moment has ended. Good job with the the fade, though. Yeah, he, he there there was one great fade there, and then he just got really, 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 really carried away with it because he loves the song so much, um, which also means, dude, I don't know what channels you're watching when you watch TV. Oh, I know, I, I I've seen him, Game Show Network. Mm. Um, they have been known for, for PSA fill time with ASPCA commercials. Those are, un unfortunately, those are the saddest commercials I've ever watched. They're, they're a freaking bummer. But you know why? You, you could be enjoying yourself and then, I'm not going to lie, Josh, I almost have to change the channel. But you know why they're a bummer, right? Is because there are, there are awful people in this world who treat animals... Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're they're disgusting people. As a as someone who has been an animal lover all my life, who has had dogs since I have been young. Um, my I have a family. My uh, my auntie runs a an, a a dog rescue on uh, on the Big Island. Um, you know, when I see those commercials, it is sad. It is depressing, but it is also angering. Because when you see the photos of those dogs and how terribly they're treating, it just makes you ticked off. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I take it differently. I, I get really sad, and then I just get really angry. Because my I mean, we've never treated dogs that way, and we have seen dogs that have been um, left on sides of the road and, and, and all that stuff. And it's just, what, what, is, what is wrong with you people? No, I, I'm serious. What is wrong with you people that you would treat animals the way that you do? Do you not have a heart? That's all. I didn't mean to go there, but you see that, that Sarah McLaughlin song is so impactful. Mm. It took me to that place. Kind of like that Aaron Rod that, that Jets fan that was taken to that place where he flipped the bird and didn't realize that I think the bird is the word is a better song for that guy. Good point. You know, the only problem with that, if it was just on ESPN, you know, not a problem. There 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 isn't as much FCC guidance on cable television. This game is also on ABC. Network. That's network TV. The FCC certainly has guidance on uh, what makes it on over the air television. So uh, I think the uh, I, I think Disney may have a letter coming very shortly for that. I wonder uh, what kind of letters were filed when uh, Justin Timberlake was uh, doing the halftime show. Oh, there were plenty. Oh yeah, there were Janet plenty Jackson. of letters that were filed for that, and and I think ultimately I was like fifth grade for and, that. Yeah, and and ultimately there were fines. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I think this was a direct result of it. MTV used to be the ones that produced the halftime show. Mm. It was always their branding, um, and now it, it it became Pepsi. Yep. Um, NFL Network. Well, no, NFL Network took it over at one point, and then Pepsi's branding on it. it. It no longer has that, like, you know, MTV feel of it, understandably so, because you can't have that on network TV for sure. Yeah. Um, before to we, be fair, that's not MTV's fault. <laughs> Uh, unless they scripted it. Unreal. Um, before we get back to UH football, and I think the, the topic we were going to go to here uh, to start this hour was the discipline topic. Since we're talking about uh, football on TV, I, I don't know if you saw this earlier today, um, but there is going to be an alternate presentation of one of the international series games 
I think it's, um, was it next month, I think it is, the uh, Falcons-Jaguars game, which I think is being played at Wembley. Oh, cool. Um, it's, on ES, it's on ESPN+. Plus. They're doing an alternate presentation of the game, and it's Toy Story-themed. Ooh. So Fun. Yeah, so it's going to be broadcast like it's from, like, the Toy Story room. And basically, the game is going to be is is going to be seen as it is um, in real time animated. Fun, yes, I love it. So, and they did this for hockey, and I don't remember what game it was, but there was a hockey game that ESPN did um, that aired on, I think it was Disney XD or something, and it was what was going on in the game. But the players looked different. Some of them looked like characters and whatever, and they were in the jerseys of the teams that were playing. And whatever was going on in real time in the game was happening in real time on this animated ice. So you were watching the game, but you were watching it differently. Now, they've they've experimented a little bit with Nickelodeon doing uh-huh. stuff, too. Yeah. I think... If not NFL, it might even be college. I, I, I forget. It was, it was the NFL. It yeah. was, yeah. And they used all kinds of SpongeBob, little clips. Animation and within animation, the live stuff. That's yeah. right. Um, and it was kind – they were attempting to interact with um, with the game. So mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. This is a little bit different because it's not it's, – it's like you're watching the game, but you're not. It's like it's um, – it's like you're watching a cartoon is what it is. Interesting. The announcers are all going to be in cartoon form. And they're real announcers, but they're motion. It. It's it's like a live motion capture into animation. Um, so it's going to be on ESPN. Uh, so we had Disney Plus when that game. It's like 3.30 a.m. Hawaii time. So if you're up early. But the NFL smart. They are gearing a lot of, you know, like the Nickelodeon stuff. Yep. They're gearing it toward kids. The, um, the slime game. Right. Um, They're actually producing a version of that for the Super Bowl. So there will be a Super Bowl alternate telecast on Nickelodeon. Fun. Yeah. Different, different. um, But, you know, mega casts are now kind of the thing. And so if you gear them toward kids, people watch because honestly, nobody's watching cartoons on Sunday. It's true. (laughs) Nobody's watching Super Bowl Sunday cartoons. Um, it is off the bench. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu. Thanks so much for uh, taking us in here um, on this Monday. University of Hawaii football is a big part of the conversation. Um, we talked a lot about why it was potentially trying to understand, get our heads to wrap around the idea that there were 7,600 people uh, yeah. thereabout at the Clarence T. Seaching Athletics Complex. I think to, to move the conversation forward, and we'll get back there. We see some of your text. Discipline was a big talking point um, after Saturday's game. And I realized for some people, like, hey, you know, you, you want to talk about a win, but it felt like you couldn't. You know, Timmy Chang, after the game in his post-game press conference, was was mentioning, and I'll paraphrase, that there were people in the locker room who were crying because of the way that, you know, they played in that game. Um, I, I'll, I'll find that quote from uh, Christian Shimabuku from KHON, who had basically kind of jotted it down. But, you know, that's um, – think about that. You, you win, but it kind of feels like a loss at the same time when yeah. you have um, that feeling – 
coming after the game. Here, here's what it was. Quote, these guys crying in the locker room because they know they should have played better. Close quote. That does not make you feel good. No. And honestly, I don't really blame them. Mm-hmm. We got lucky. Yeah. We allowed an FCS school to come in here, pick us off three times. Um, sack, sack five. Sack our quarterback five times. And played us to a pretty good football game for three out of four quarters. Mm-hmm. When we're, we're supposed to be head and toes bigger than them, better than them, stronger, faster, just a completely different level of football than these guys. And we, we allowed ourselves through sloppy play to stoop down to their level. Yep. Yeah. I I think that's the unfortunate part of this conversation is that you, you can't feel like you can celebrate a win, which you want to, um, but you can't feel like you can because there are so many things that kind of leave a tough taste in your mouth. Let's get to the discipline part. Um, and this is now two games in the making because you go back to, to last Friday or two Fridays ago. You have those two targeting penalties um, on Mekki Pay and Isaiah Tufunga forced Tufunga to miss the first half of this game. You had you had some chippiness in this game, um, but you had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty toward the end of the first half that led to points. Um, putting New Albany in a in a good position to and they score. Made the field goal. That's right. Tied the game up. You just the number of penalties. This is the most penalized team in the country. Is Hawaii? Um, you know, at this point after three games, and then, you know, as we still kind of try to figure it out, you had you know mid to late in the fourth quarter, you have a player that finds himself off the sidelines. And heading toward the stands. In full uniform, by the way. Right. Because of, a, of an with apparent... His he- with his helmet. Mm-hmm. Because of an apparent gr- uh, get-together, which is a very light way of putting it, um, that was happening in Scrum. the stands. There, okay. And you had gotten information on that, right? Yeah. Because you, you, I know I'm in the broadcast, you're watching, I think you talked to a, a, a cop, right? Yeah. Uh, talked to a cop after the game. Basically just said that it was... Um, a disagreement at best, a disagreement between two different players' families. It was the section of the stands where the players' families are. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of shouting. I don't think it ever got to a point where there was um, punches thrown, maybe a little bit of pushing and shoving. But at that point, there was such a commotion being stirred that all of the cops that were down there at the field level immediately ran over. And then in the like scrum of all the craziness was one of the Hawaii players. Right. Um, we are so lucky that it didn't escalate any further than that because you know, a, a player getting tried in a situation like that in a fan altercation. I mean, you, you might even be looking at jail time right there. Mm. That, that cannot happen, Josh. And no. the player jumped the fence. That's the other part that I'm very concerned about. The the barrier that keeps fans from players, he hopped right over it. Technically speaking, if we're going to look at the T.C. Ching Athletic Complex, the minute you go down on um, the track, 
that's basically the stands. Yes, you're right. That equals stands um, environment. And it's dangerous. You've got kids who are oh, throwing yeah. balls around. Playing You've catch. got people in line for food. Um, Standing there with their beer. You know, yes. it's just that is no longer the field. You are in the stands. Right. That's why that barrier is there. And he hopped right over it. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw in a couple other things, okay? Just from my observation on the sideline. Yeah. Hold, hold that thought. I want to get to break. I want to I wanna not necessarily tease it, but I want to give you ample amount of time to, to get that stuff in. It is off the bench. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, you're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Um, we were talking about discipline because you cannot avoid that conversation from Saturday. Um, I, I, one thing I failed to mention, you had an incident where you had a player from UAlbany um, who ran right into that barrier um, next to the, uh, yes. the the play clock and went down, and there was a Hawaii player kind of leaving that situation. He's kind of just like, you know, showboating and, and all that stuff. And you got an Rocking injured player. his head back and forth and you, laughing. You got an injured player there. Not, um, not only injured player, it caused a hush across the entire yes. field that – the, the kid was motionless. Yes. There, there was, there's impact off of that. And it, it, it looks classless yeah. to, to celebrate a play. I mean, he didn't, even make, he didn't make a play. The ball was overthrown. That's why the situation happened in the first place. Yeah. Fortunately, his teammate looked at the player to see if he was okay, which, you know, good. Good sportsmanship there. The other player just kind of, you know, bobbing and weaving and smiling and all that stuff. There's, there's a guy down. Have a little more respect for the situation than that. I'm I'm sorry, um, but I, I I wanted you to kind of share your experiences. I, I I wanted to take the break, so I made sure you had the time that you know you properly had to be able to share some of that. As the the sideline reporter, it's literally my job to tell the story of what's happening down on UH's sideline, and so throughout the game, I. I'm always moving, going up and down, mm-hmm. looking at what's going on in the defense, what's going on in the offense, what's going on in the field, trying to get a read on on Coach Timmy, some of the other coaches. It's a it's an active role on on game day. Right. Now, with that going on, I just see stuff. And so all of it I think you could attribute to lack of discipline. Okay. You mentioned the the incident on the field laughing at the player running into the wall in the stands, which was blatant. And the, the camera, which showed it on the Jumbotron, too, zoomed in on his face. You, you, can, you can take a pretty easy read on that one. The other blatant one was the player running off into the stands yeah. in full uniform and helmet. And as a walk-on myself, it was an honor to wear that jersey. It's not a good look when you're representing all of Hawaii running up into the stands to basically get your hands in a fight. It's not a good look. It's also not a good look when you're tied against an FCS opponent posing for pictures on the sideline with your back to the field. Back to the field, focused on being, quote-unquote, the man, and it's multiple players doing this, when the game is going on behind you and we're in a ball game here. Also, we're 0-2. Mm-hmm. Haven't won yet. What are you posing for? So that was going on. And then at different times, 
the offense is coming back off of the field, and this is just personal preference, along with a handful of other former players that were on the sideline. We we all kind of agreed at this. We let our quarterback get sacked five times. Very, very, very few times did I, did I see anybody lighting a fire from player to player, coach to player, somebody getting angry, upset. Um, now, I, I don't want to take away from the environment of our team, which is so good. It's so yeah. good to be around. I, I think we've got a, a very special group of coaches that truly love our guys. But football is also a game of passion, of intensity, and I haven't seen that from everybody. There's been a few. Obviously, see it from Logan Taylor, and I'm really hoping that he he will come back off it, of his injury. It sounds like he's going to miss a few weeks, according to Stephen Sy. Okay, um, seen it from Tylen Hines at times. Uh, Najee Bryant Lalay was another one uh, who's who's done great getting guys. Um, Taking up our, a leadership role, uh, Jonah Pinocchi is another one. Our sideline was dead from an energy perspective. And, yeah, you, you want to be better. I, I, I want sometimes just some energy of fire to to get us out of this lull. that it, it, They feel half asleep on the sideline. And to me, that comes down to a discipline issue. It's unfortunate you know, those situations along with the, what, 11 penalties that, that Hawaii had in that game, the most penalized team in the nation. What you're hearing from, from, from you, some of what I think, you know, I've seen from my vantage point, it shows that the discipline issue is not internal. The discipline issue is out there for everybody to see. It was out there for the 7,000-plus people who were sitting inside the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. It was out there, well, some of it, not all of it, I guess, for those watching at home on pay-per-view. Um, and when the worrisome thing for that coaching staff is when those things – I didn't know about the picture-taking thing. This is the first I heard of that. Um, if I'm the coaching staff and I'm hearing that, I'm livid. I am livid. I almost want to take their helmets away. Yeah. That should never happen. All right, we'll get our M. Dyer Global scoreboard coming up here in a little bit, uh, including an update on Monday Night Football where uh, it's only 13-6 to with no Aaron Rodgers and a pick just thrown by Josh Allen. Only thirteen to six. It's uh, it's a little concerning. We'll 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 get our scoreboard in here in a moment. Paul's been hanging on very patiently. Paul, what's going on? Hi, man. How are you? Good, good Paul. Good, uh, good coverage uh, over the weekend. Thank you for it. Listen, for, before I, before I start, uh, you know, when you get to the black uniforms, all black uniforms, you win games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. You know, this disciplinary thing, I hate to get so serious, but, you know, this this goes, this isn't, to me, it's an issue already. It goes back, it goes back, and, man, I'm going to mention some things. You know when, uh, first of all, it doesn't look like, I don't know if this is putting on errors or just ignoring it or what, but Coach Chang, he doesn't look like he's concerned with these things. 
I'm reminded of a game, and the reason why I, I took so long to call is I was trying to look for this a particular game. Uh, you know, he, he as a quarterback, I don't know what happened here, but uh, there were ahead, and Hawaii was ahead, and they lost. I don't even I don't even remember who they were playing. And uh, Coach Jones, he yanked Yank Chang. He brought him off. And, you know, I was watching, you know, uh, you could see Chang, he was like, I don't know, he was horse playing on the side. He was yelling at players who, you know, the second string was put in. So it can go that far back. And I'm going to tell you something else. Maybe this is residue from the uh, grammar. I know you don't like me mentioning it, Josh, but this is, you know, maybe they need that sports psychologist that they just hired, right? Am I wrong? Maybe they, maybe he or she needs to go in and talk to the Warriors already. To me, this is an issue for those two things. In that stark, dark hotel room, Josh, and the endlessness that you fear. Goodbye. He's uh, he's quoting your song, Hunter. In case you didn't know, thanks for calling, okay. Paul. Thanks, thanks Paul. Uh, oh, it's um, he's he's uh, he's quoting the Sarah McLaughlin song. Oh, that was uh, gotcha. That was played a little while ago. Okay. I, you know, something he said, I think, leads to a text that we got a little while ago um, from our Zephyr Insurance text line. And, you know, it, it's fair. Um, Timmy Chang is not a bad egg, though. Agreed. But here, here's the question. That needs to be said before you read that. Uh, yeah, I agree. But here's the question from the 392. So with all that's happened at the game that you're talking about, how much of this undisciplined behavior much, must the coach slash coaches take responsibility for? So... It's um, in this new era of players having rights and this new era of uh, player-first coaches. You've got a whole new mess of potential problems than the old militaristic Norm Chows and Todd Grahams. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new set of, of issues. And the issues usually come from the players feeling too comfortable around a player first coach. I I've experienced it around uh, coach Rolo where we loved him so much and players that didn't already have self-discipline on their own ran all over him. And so that line between player or uh, friend and coach was blurred. I wonder if there's a similar issue right now being experienced on our team. Because Timmy continues to give, continues to um, try to lead and create a great environment for these players to want to be around. Some players need that discipline. Mm -hmm. They need that discipline as they are coming of age, you know, stepping into manhood for many of them in their own lives. Uh, it, it's some of it is on the coaching staff. But they did not make that player jump the fence and run into the fans, right? Into the stands. The, the the coaching staff did not command that other player to laugh at the sky whenever he pushed the player into the wall. The coaches did not command those guys to pose and take pictures on the sideline when we're tied. So, yes, it might be happening, but it's not like it's, it's on them. I, I think 
you know, th- this is a this is a good coaching staff, character first kind of people. Mm-hmm. They they will take responsibility where responsibility needs to be yeah. taken. Yeah. Um. But uh, and leaders do that. That's right. And that's the other thing. Leaders need to rise up on this football team, among the ranks, from from within. And we're talking about players. Players. I I have been appalled at the lack of, especially on the offense, the leadership. I I've been. Can't believe I'm going to admit to this. I've been pulling pulling out guys from the sideline, encouraging them to go. Hey, you need to go talk to that guy over there. Light a fire under his butt mm-hmm. because it is dead. It's dead on the sideline. We'll see um, you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a second here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. There, there's responsibility. I think across the board, and um, and I think he knows that, which is I th- I think why practice was closed to the public today. They yeah. needed to get some things addressed. Well, I'll say too, like, look, um, I coaches will be responsible because it's their team, and you know the 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 best coaches don't run away from that. Um, it's not like these are like you know fifteen year olds, right? I mean, we're we're talking about adults, young adults. Um, you know, coaches will take will have to take will take responsibility for what's happening. Mm-hmm. The next step is they have to take responsibility for how to address it, which I think is where it will ultimately go forward. But to your point, let's not take away from the responsibility of the individuals. And and someone was asking earlier, why aren't we naming them? Um, they were pretty much named during the game. Um, it's not, this is not reporting. I'm not someone who likes to necessarily rail on college athletes. That's right. But Me you neither. Can, but you can figure it out. It's there. It's not like it's hidden and nobody knows about it. It's there. I'll, I'll let you guys do that work And for if you yourselves. were at the game or watched the game, You'd see you, you saw it and felt it. Right. Um, but th- this isn't breaking news. Correct. Um, there's an accountability that needs to be done, but I'll throw out another word, and it's maturity. Um, you know, you cannot feel good with yourself. And by the way, one, you know, let, let's talk about the unsportsmanlike at the end of the first half. I'll just, I'll just say who it was. It was, uh, um, oh gosh, <laughs> I say, I say, I'm going to tell you who it was. And I totally forgot who it was. Peter Monuma. There you go. It was Peter Monuma. And you could see it coming for minutes because you saw some, some, some talking, you saw a little bit of handsiness here and there, and you could see for minutes. I was watching from the booth. You were watching from the sideline. Mark line. was talking about yes. it and getting chippy. He, he, he did. Yeah. And it's like they need to settle down. They need to focus on what's in front of them. And then you get the penalty. And I said to myself, there's no surprise here whatsoever. None. Because it was going on for several, several plays before that point. That is responsibility and, and that's the that's the immaturity of not knowing the moment and not knowing your job and your role and how you cost your team in that moment that's immaturity matt thank you for calling in and holding on patiently how are you i think it comes down to the captains okay mm-hmm. they need to step up yeah that's what they're called for yeah uh, they're, voted, they're voted in by the um, players themselves and the coach, I'm sure. They need to step up and um, put a hold on this. When they see things like this, I'm sure they do. They're in the game or they're out of the game. They see what's happening. Call timeout. 
if you have them. Yeah. If you have a timeout, call the coach and tell the coach we need to call a timeout. Yeah. You know, thing is too, and, and Matt, I appreciate your call. Thanks, I, I think Matt. it's something we were, you know, you were kind of addressing earlier. Like if you're if you're gonna have the role of a captain, you don't even honestly, you don't even need to have the role of a captain here. You don't. No. You you need to be a concerned teammate. You don't need to have that C next to your name. If you're a concerned teammate. But you would love to see it from uh, the captain. You're, you're right. Agreed. Um, you shouldn't have to burn a timeout to get everybody together no. and just, you know, yell it all out or, or whatever it is. You know, you should be able, hey, be a good teammate, be a responsible teammate, and – Go to your, you know, whoever it is, and be like, hey, enough. You're hurting us. Get it together. You know? It's, it's tough to feel like you care when there's lack of emotion, which isn't, which is unfair mm-hmm. to, to say that because you, you don't know what someone's thinking or what someone's feeling. But you know what? A lot of this is visible. You have to, you can only go by what you see. You yep. can't go by what's within. And on top of that, Usually what happens around football teams is emotions get shown when the going gets tough one way or another. And it hasn't been all daisies and roses for this football team. And with that, you expect to see a little bit of emotion on, you know, the sideline and it's not there. Yep. And to me, that's alarming. Yeah. Because we've got a long season in front of us. Two weeks away from the start of conference. That's you just hit on the on the next thing. We haven't even gotten into conference play yet, and we're already talking about major red flags. Man, um, texture from the three four eight. You are correct. The coaches are not the ones doing that, but they need to correct that situation with disciplinary action uh, or consequences. And um, uh, texture from the three seven five. Uh, Hunter, yes, the coaches didn't make the players do what they did, but the question is what form of discipline will I'm, the coaches implement for all this nonsense? No, I'm with you, man. I, I completely agree with that text. I'm I'm sitting here truly wondering that myself because the the discipline is not just to a player, or let, let's just speak specifically about the player that hopped the, the security barrier uh-huh. and jumped up into the stands. It's not so much the discipline to him, it's the standard that you set for the whole rest of the of the 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 ranks of the team. Right. That can't be allowed to endure. Mm-hmm. That that's got to be addressed now. And even oh, you want to you want to get to a bowl game, you want to win championship football, and you're stooping to the level of an FCS school. You Albany? Are you kidding me? The Great Danes, who are they? Like, we're going to stoop down to their level and get chippy with a team that can't even hold our you-know-what? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's the, the kind of stuff that I would be communicating to this team is, are we on that level, guys, or are we above it? You know, I'm going to say one other thing on that, too. Um, and we'll, we'll break here in a moment. Um, you know, it, it it's not just the fact that, okay... You, you had to distract from staffers and even a coach having to go grab you from from the stands or from the steps or whatever it was, bring you back to the sideline. There's still jawing and chirping going on, so you got to take a coach 
who's trying his best to coach the game. To win the game. That's his job is to win the game. Right. And to have to babysit you because you're still jawing and chirping into the stands because of whatever is going on. Has to be by your side. Trying to be the best person he can be to calm down that situation when, again, trying to coach to win a game. I'm also going to say this. Whoever it was that went down toward the um, that barrier, some woman, I don't know who it was, but while the game is going on, went down to the barrier and tried to continue talking to him yeah. when the game is going on. That should not have happened. No. Should not have happened. Let him play. And, and someone needed to go in there Take that person away and say, hey, there is a game going on. Go away. I don't know who it was, whether it was a family member, whether it was someone random. I don't know. That yeah. was not the time at all. And for someone who had firsthand experience being down there, no one's safety was ever in jeopardy. Uh-huh. It was a stupid little disagreement where someone got water thrown on them. Like, cry me a river. Okay? Yeah. If, if Okay, if there was... If it was a different situation, if there was a weapon present or safety is concerned, the game is secondary. It wasn't the case. Right. Yeah. It. There's a reason there's a barrier around the entire field. And, and you know what? I think if you're the University of Hawaii, I, I'm. I they're feel, gonna they're gonna step up security measures. I, I think now. you have to. Yeah. Which is which is gonna be hard because you've got the food vendors and you got all of that. So I don't know yep. how you do it, but that one incident now I think needs to make you really reassess. And, you know the separation between sideline and anything past. To that. be fair, there there's. Uh, there's police officers, but then there's a, a team of security people down by the field right. that actually insist on fans not even touching the barrier. Right. They, they encourage them, hey, please step back from the barrier. It's happened several times with people I've talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are trying their best right Agreed. there. Agreed. Um, but more can be done, I think, yep. based on this. Or more maybe, – maybe I shouldn't say more can be done. More needs to be done. I think is is probably a better way to put it because I don't doubt their efforts. Some discipline across the board. <laughs> it's not even no, it's not even discipline. I think it's more of how can we help them be able to manage the situation better. Mm. This is unlike the old Aloha Stadium. This is unlike many other venues across uh, across football. It is unlike that, and any kind of help you can give those individuals to be able to mitigate a situation like that is absolutely needed. All right, uh, Sports Center update is coming up in uh, less than six minutes here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, um, we, we've got to transition at some point um, to the football side. Yeah, we We have spent the first two hours, and by the way, it seems like the two biggest stories out of that football game have not been football. I yeah. mean, for the most part, right? I don't I don't think we're reading the room wrong. So many people have talked about the attendance figure, and I and I know some people got upset at John Venary for mentioning it after the game in the post game show. 
I mean, look, John, um, John's passionate. He's and a, a former player. A former player. And that loves this team. Yes. Any alumni feels the exact same way that he does. No, no person in his position that feels frustrated as a former player should ever have to apologize for wanting to see their program represented or supported in the way that the, that, that, that program deserves. Yep. And I, I think he, from my understanding, I heard he apologized this morning, but um, no, no individual who loves that team as much as he does should have to apologize for wanting to see that team feel the love they deserve. Um, just my feeling on it, but it, you know, the, the, the discipline stuff was just there for everyone to see. I don't think you could ignore that. The penalty number backs that up, but I think at some point, and we'll, we'll do this coming up at the top of the hour. Um, what do we take away football wise? I mean, this team did through all of that did earn a win. And I, I feel like you have to kind of take away from that the belief that you maybe put yourself in self-inflicted trouble, but you had to fight through it, Yep. and somehow they were able to. I feel like that may be one of the underrated storylines of kind of, you know, what, what you went through. Certainly. There's, there's definitely some things to build off of what we saw, but then also from a football standpoint – a lot that needs to get cleaned up in two weeks before a conference. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. And, of course, not to take anybody's eyes away, um, Oregon coming up this Saturday. Um, that's, Ducks. That is going to be huge. So, you know, let's do that. When we come back, let's let's get on the, the in-game side of things and, and how everything went down. What went right? What went wrong? Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. That's what y'all are right. You know, the only thing we do is go out there and play the game. You know? So if y'all feel like the statement was made, go ahead and put them all on, you know, the front page, big letters, you know, bold letters. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. I love that. Uh, but you win 40 to nothing against the New York Giants on uh, on Sunday Night Football. Yes. Uh, Micah Parsons was asked at one point about uh, whether a statement was made. That was not Micah Parsons, by the way. Um, but Micah was, uh, w- was one of those that was asked about it. Hey, um, you earned the right. To be able to be like, yeah, I think it was Dexter Lawrence, uh, Cowboys defensive end. You earned the right to be able to go in front of the media and say, yeah, yeah I'll let you guys do it. So yeah. Big, bold letters. Made a statement. You know, that's that's on that's on you guys to do. Honestly, that's a, a classy way of going about it, too. You hang a number up like that, you don't got to say a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's statement enough. On the road. Oh, yeah. Against the rival in the a division. division rival. They yeah. do not like each other. Not at all. Uh, if you're wondering... That was uh, Cowboys and Giants. And uh, I'll, I'll credit uh, Harry Douglas, who uh, co-hosts uh, Freddie and Harry. You can hear here on ESPN Honolulu from uh, 9 to noon. And he said, I want to thank the New York Giants for giving me a, a little extra sleep last night <laughs> because it was not worth watching. By the way, um, I will give credit to Daniel Jones. He stayed in that game when most quarterbacks would not. And tried to keep playing. And yeah. he said after the game, there was no conversation about being taken out um, 
of the game, stayed in there, kept taking a beating. Um, you know, hey, most quarterbacks don't want to be in there. Uh, I, I think that's leadership in, in my book of uh, someone trying to show that, you know, he's not quitting even when his, when his team is being uh, embarrassed. He's not quitting. I appreciate that. And I think they sacked him seven times. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, um, Braden Shager felt most of that. Uh, he, he got five uh, off of uh, Albany on Saturday. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we spent a lot of the last hour talking about discipline. And uh, Keegan, who's uh, filling in for Liz uh, on the controls, Liz is on a... Uh, on, a, on an overseas trip. Well-deserved. Good for her. Um, so Keegan's filling in. Uh, you got a phone call from somebody during the break on this whole discipline conversation. Didn't want to be on air, but wanted us to know whatever it was that was mentioned. So can you uh, can you share that with us? Yep. So the uh, caller was saying that she had witnessed uh, two incidents that uh, during the game, I guess this was before um, all the half before halftime, I guess during at the beginning of, of sorts. And I could be very well wrong on that, but um, the uh, apparently there were two incidents where there were U Albany players kind of surrounding any of the UH players that were heading towards their side uh, of the field, and then um, she witnesses from the Malka side. So it was kind of like they were kind of maybe jawing off a little bit or kind of surrounding them in kind of like intimidating ways. So I don't. So she wanted to ask if anybody else saw that from their side, and she was on the Malka side, I believe, is what uh, she said. So yeah, there, there <laughs> apparently were two incidents of that nature. Um, did you notice any of that? Yeah. But who cares? Something done against you does not mean that you have to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And when you go and watch teams that have won national championships, like Nick Saban's Alabama teams, um, and I'm, I'm not making a case that all of his teams are perfect, but generally when you watch those teams that are high, high, high achieving teams, they don't respond to that kind of stuff that you just don't respond to it because you're focused on one thing and one thing only, winning. Right. Yeah. And especially when a team that is not on your level, they're an FCS school from Albany, New York, you don't have to respond to them. Like, just because someone does that to you does not mean that you get to respond. It, it, it's I, As a former player, that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to then stoop and and um, and condone yourself in a in a shaming fashion. And it doesn't have to do with almost any of the things that we've talked about. It it literally has nothing to do with it. Um, you know, we talk about being better. You know, holding yourself accountable. There's a um, there's a video that's been circulating around the internet, and and this is not from the Hawaii U Albany game. But there is a video circulating of um, this was Texas, Alabama. And Texas obviously wins that game. Yeah. Uh, upsets the number three team in the country. And they note there's a video of Alabama. I don't know if they're students or their fans or whoever they are. But they're on the, you know, they're they're in the uh, seats behind the Texas sideline, okay, and chanting uh, or yelling out. I'm not going to repeat it, but basically yelling out racist things. Oh man, come on! As these Texas players are celebrating, and if I recall watching that video correctly, 
those Texas players did not respond. Yep. Um, you know, they could have very well had every right, you know, with racist things being spouted their way to go and go after those people because, you know what, that's that's uncalled for. They acted like the better individuals by right. not retaliating, not going into the stands, not doing so. And, and I'd like to commend them for that. That's right. What What are you made of? Mm-hmm. What kind of character do you possess that people could hurl insults at you all day? It's up to you to respond. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I I understand where you know that that caller's coming from. You know, seeing things and I guess not wanting to make it one sided. I get it, but you know, our job is not to worry about U Albany. And you know, from a football perspective, U Albany was was holding our receivers for a lot of the night. Mm-hmm. They were getting away with some stuff. And Timmy talked to them on the sideline about that. About hey, just make sure you keep swiping, uh, br- knocking their hands free. Um, finding an opportunity to to get loose, and we kept taking shots and and eventually got in the end zone. So I think that's worth mentioning because there were other opportunities or moments in the game, I should say, that we were above Mm -hmm. reproach, if Mm -hmm. you will. We were above what they were doing to us. You're right. And then there were other moments where we were below it. Um but I, I think that we should celebrate some of those wins because they were there. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. We'll, we'll get into some of that. Uh, by the way, update on, uh, on Monday Night Football. Uh, Jets and Bills uh, are going to overtime. Uh, Tyler Bass, 50-yard field goal that doinked off the left upright and made it just barely over the crossbar. That tied the game at 16. So they're going into right uh, into overtime there at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, it 16, clanged off the left game. upright and kind of caromed its way by maybe a half a foot. Oh, barely. That. Yep. Yeah, that, that was very lucky. <laughs> um, so that game continues again. That game is on our sister station, CBS 1500. Um, let's get to the game here in a moment. There was a caller who's asking about the incident. They they know who it was. I guess we can – we'll, we'll say it. It was it – was, um, involving Koali Nishigaya, yep. who um, has had had gone across the barrier and seemingly was approaching an incident that was happening in the stands behind, um, you know, behind the team sideline with his uniform on. You, I mean, you were you were fact checking while yeah. you were on the sideline, and and I appreciate that. Um, you know, not just from your sideline reporter role, but also from you know your 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 responsibility in trying to make sure that you know whatever you do or whatever you say you 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 come from a place of not speculating yep. but um coming from from knowledge of what's going on so a caller i guess is asking what what you observed like how did that happen um so heard a commotion a lot of the players were kind of turning around and I looked up in the, the stands, and there were some fans kind of pushing back and forth. And there was uh, an altercation between – it It looked like two players' families mm-hmm. to me. Because you can tell players' families from other fans because they usually have T-shirts with their, their son's name on it, the numbers. It's obvious that they're there to support that player. 
Um, two groups of those were in an altercation. Cops were running over at that point, and lots was happening on, on the sideline. Right. And in that commotion, one of our receivers, Kuali Nishigaya, hopped the the barrier between the stands and the sideline, hopped that barrier right next to me, hopped it like a hurdle, and ran ran up to the uh ran up to the um the stands. Yeah. And so difficult for me to say if he made it all the way into the stands. Right. There, and, I, the, and I don't want to speculate yeah, that. There, we there, won't. there were these these stairs right there, but I mean his intention was to get up there and try to protect his family. I, I, I get that, but you're a player. You've got the uniform on. You represent more than just yourself when you've got that uniform on. You ran by a bunch of little kids that aspire to be like you one day. It's bigger than just you. And I know you want to protect your family, but unfortunately, you're a football player. And you've got the outfit on, and you brought your helmet up into the stands too. It's not okay. No. Yeah, we'll see if if we learn anything from this um, moving forward. I think you know, practice closed today, uh, open the next couple of days. So so we'll see. Let's talk about the game. Um, what do we take away from from this game against U Albany? I'll start here. Um, most people probably didn't know Jordan Johnson's name. That's right. And I know the running game um, has been much talked about. We haven't seen Tylen Hines, you know, really break through. Uh, we saw Solo Vaipulu get a carry. We saw the return of Nashe bryant Lillay. Yep. Uh, he got eight carries. But Hawaii's leading rusher was Jordan Johnson. Yep. So I ask you, where did Jordan Johnson come from, partner? Yeah, you know, we, we saw him at different times throughout last season. Uh, Jordan and I were talking about that on the sideline, wondering why haven't they been playing him? Because he offered a spark for us last year, um, along with kind of having Tylen as that that third or fourth running back in that in that slew of guys that we used last year. Um, throughout camp, Jordan Johnson was down on the scout team. I think we're light on running backs just as a team, right? And trying to get the defense ready. Um, and so, yeah, I was thrilled to see him in that capacity and just stoked to see us running the football a little bit. Yeah. It uh it really does it really does well for our offense's pace, our our energy when you can see a running back break through the line of scrimmage, maybe shed a tackle or two, and he's just off and running. It's a it's a different feel, and it it really does bode well for the whole team. You, you're right. You could feel just a, a a bit of momentum shift when he was given the football. I mean, average just under seven yards a carry. Yeah. Um, you felt positive momentum there, and you felt like this you know, something you know, a little something taken off Braden Shager's back. Uh, that or shoulders that there was another depth to the offense that Jordan Johnson and and I guess to give credit to the offensive line uh, in in their run blocking techniques uh, allowing Johnson to be able to to be successful as he was so I think I, I think credit does in, indeed start there now um, with that said if we're going to talk about the offensive line. 
with that said, we also have to talk a little bit about the line and its struggles against the uh, the U Albany defense, which had 10 sacks against Fordham in week zero, did not sack anybody against Marshall last week, but was able to get to Braden Shager five times. <sighs> to me, this was amidst many of the other disappointing things of the game. This was the most loud. This was the loudest thing to me, Josh, was Braden Shager not being able to um, kind of get comfortable at all during our, our game uh, and our, our O-line, various guys just getting outright played. There's no other way of, of putting it. I were, We were bigger, stronger, but they willed their way through our O-line and we didn't have an answer to their... Um, to their pressure, and also that pressure is what created those those uh, those three interceptions. Yeah, um, I think one was off a deflection too. Yep, the, that that pressure that came, I think it was on a screen pass. It I think. was, and the guy took it right out of Solo's hands. Yeah, um, I, I, but I think I, another thing to take off of that, and I think we'll branch off of some of these things as well. Staying on offense, Jonah Pinoke returns four receptions, a touchdown. Yep. Jalen Walthall had a, a heck of a catch that led to a score. We did see some drops still, however, um, from some Hawaii receivers, mainly early. Uh, it seemed to get better late. But we have talked about potential depth at, at the receiving core. I think we talked about it at the beginning of the year, maybe not to this degree. But when healthy, Pinoke back, Walthall catching catching passes, being a reliable receiver. We still would love to talk more about Alex Perry hmm. and Nick Senecal yep. and others. Um, but we actually, I think, saw the depth, the potential that this depth can bring uh, at the receiver position. Um, we haven't talked about the tight end in a while, but certainly the receivers have uh, really did come through. Arson, uh, also, uh, Carson Pupunu, the uh, Lahaina native, uh, was the one who actually broke through and blocked that punt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. And so yeah. another one of the receivers that showed a lot of promise, that phenomenal catch against Stanford, I, I think we're going to be leaning on him throughout this season as well. Um, I'm, I'm curious how we're going to spread out the reps with this cabinet of receivers um, that I've talked about at different times because in the run and shoot, there, there's so much reading that's required, um, uh, uh, decision-making adjustments on the fly that when you aren't in there getting the um, the synchronization and flow down with Braid and Shager, it's tough to mix and match these guys as often as we do. Yeah. So... I'm curious if what we're seeing right now will truly be what we see come um, come conference because I think we it would serve us well to kind of hone in on maybe four to six guys. You know, it, it's it's interesting you say that because uh, Texter from the four nine seven actually says something similar. He said, "Why twelve different receivers?" And granted, eight caught passes. I think ten were targeted. Um, why 12 different receivers? Timmy needs to find best six and play them. Could it could it be route-driven 
Um, could it be situation driven? I mean, you know, you know the offense far better than I do. I mean, could you see that in, in that way? Yeah, I definitely think it's situationally driven. Uh, you're not going to throw, you know, for instance, Quali Nishigaya out there for a back shoulder fade in the end zone, which requires your receiver to be bigger and more physical. You're going to throw Alex Perry out there, uh, Stephen McBride, who caught a back shoulder in the later part of our game, right. um, or Jalen uh, Walthall, who had that beautiful one-handed catch over uh, that DB, I believe, uh, in the first half, and then proceeded to do a backflip, which was <laughs> kind of cool. Um, cool, but also unsportsmanlike. And costed us. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think... To that texter's question, the answer on who our best four receivers are is a rolling answer. On any given week, another receiver might be might be doing better, have a better week at practice. And we prepped all offseason to have Grayson Morgan, our tight end, number 17, and he's uh he's out with an injury right now. So there you go. We uh We've got a banged-up team right now, Josh. Um, it also looked on the sideline at the end of the game. Uh, Jonah Pinocchio is a little banged up right now. We obviously all saw what happened with um, Logan Taylor. Yeah. Um, there was an O-lineman that went down with an ankle but was still jumping around uh, on his feet. It, we're, we're a little banged up heading into uh, our fourth game of the year. So... That, that, to me, is one of the bigger storylines. We'll talk more about that. We'll, we'll talk impact as well um, after Hawaii's first win of the year. That coming up in just a little bit. Hey, don't forget to check out uh, M. Dyer Global's Pigskin Picks. They present that on our website, ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, $1,000 worth of uh, grand prize, $100 uh, each week for $100 worth of weekly prizes. Again, it's at ESPNHonolulu.com. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Got about like 30 seconds here before we hit break. Biggest thing from the win, positively, that you took away from what Hawaii did against Albany. Got some turnovers from our defense. Um, really encouraged by that. Um, and then being able to run the ball. I think those were the two biggest takeaways for me, Josh. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm kind of along there with you. I think the other takeaway uh, that I have, continuing to see Braden Shager through tough situations play well. And I don't think he gets enough credit and for play it. play tough. Too. Exactly. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Hey, coming up uh, at the top of the hour, it is uh, the Brotherhood. Pride, tradition, and excellence from the St. Louis Clubhouse. Uh, that's coming up at 6 here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, uh, you heard Jim Basquiel mention it on SportsCenter just a moment ago. Uh, the breaking news here is not very good uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Let's reset the scene. We'll, we'll remind people what, uh, what Robert Sala just said a moment ago. But this was Aaron Rodgers' I think, third play from scrimmage. Uh, the Jets' first drive of the game. Joe Buck on the call on Monday Night Football. Now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully 
The Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. See what happened at the end of it. Take a look here at the very end and hard to hard to see. Of course he he had the the calf issue in training camp but here's a little better look as far as what might have happened for him to go back down to the ground. And he's coming out of the game. You could you could hear the concern. Yes. Um, you know and and I think when when Troy Aikman reference the calf injury in training camp there was a belief i think at that point that there was there was reason to be concerned with aaron Rodgers at that point in time sitting down on the turf um before being helped off the field going on a cart and then limping off the cart into the locker room peyton manning was reacting in a similar fashion the the minute that he sat down on the uh the cart that's kind of the tell of okay he can't leave the field on his own mm -hmm. on his own volition so here is what Robert uh, I don't think we have the audio of what Robert Sala said as 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 soon as we get it um, we'll play it we don't have it now though uh, but ro what Robert Sala just said in the postgame presser they fear it's a torn Achilles for Aaron Rodgers saying it's not good. Uh, about the Achilles MRI is tomorrow and they are expecting that this is according to Rich Semini who covers the New York Jets and has been doing so for a long time uh, they believe that uh, um, that that will confirm the Achilles tear I wonder if that will throw a wrench in the Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on uh, the Pat McAfee show I don't think it will <laughs> I, I, Aaron Rodgers will sit on his couch and, uh, by the way, Pat McAfee show now on ESPN television. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, they'll, they'll, you'll find a way he will, he will be there, but, um, man, you know, and, and we'll go to the phones here in a second here at 808-296-1420, all of the hype here and, you know, that's hard. Um, you, 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 you put your hopes on a veteran quarterback to come in and change the fortunes of your franchise. And in three plays, you feel like it all changed, didn't it? Man. It's tough to make a call if uh, the season's over because they won this without him. Mm -hmm. Aside from three plays, they won this completely without Aaron Rodgers. And they beat Buffalo. And Would, more on and more on that in a moment. Yeah. Because that was that was huge. Um let's say hi to Mark who's calling in here at eight oh eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Mark, hello. Hi Josh. Hi guys. Um my opinion is this could be a good thing. You gotta look at always gotta look at the positive and look at the way Jordan Love and Green Bay is playing now. He didn't just do that on his own. He had a lot of um stewardship from Rogers. So I think Rodgers could be a good coach for um, that right now. Did you, you lose think? your voice, Mark? By the way. Yeah, I kind of lost it. <laughs> could tell. I, I knew. I knew it was I you. Flu. I just I had the flu. Oh no. Oh, it's okay. I can't. Believe me, the flu will never stop me. Yeah, I mean, glad, glad you're stop me. glad you're okay enough to call into the radio show. Hey, uh, Mark, thank well, you for calling in. Um, 
I mean, he, he, he's, he's kind of right. I mean, and, and look, Zach Wilson stays in the game or comes into the game, a former starter, a guy that could have very much felt like he was written off, right? Yep. I mean, it, it could have very well felt like um, he was scorned. Now he's got to sit again. Maybe he gets a chance when Rodgers retires or whatever it is, if he's yeah. still there, um, that maybe the team doesn't believe in him. And he comes into the game. He, he wasn't wasn't perfect. He wasn't great. Yeah. But he did enough. Yeah. And two things come to mind with that. One, they've kind of documented on Hard Knocks that Rodgers is actually a pretty good older teammate to Zach Wilson and teaches him a bunch. And Zach Wilson's got a lot out of that relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm curious just what that relationship looks like now that Rodgers isn't playing because any player that isn't on the field any longer and then feels like their job might be in jeopardy may not be as likely to help out his guy. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just, I'm curious. The other thing that comes to mind is the timing of this injury. Let's say, it is a, a blown Achilles, and he misses the whole season. Mm -hmm. I actually think the timing of this is better than if it happened in, like, week four or five. Good because point. you still leave the Jets um, faithful completely starved of what they want from Aaron Rodgers. They're going to have to wait an entire another year to get it, but they won't move on from him because they didn't get to see what that could have looked like. Uh, by the way, Zach Wilson, 14-21, a buck 40 a touchdown and interception. Robert Sala after the game. All right, I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. Right. That's, um, you, you can tell. The way he said that. Bombed. He just wanted to get it out of the way, even though, you know, reporters aren't going to let him. That's their job. Um, prayers tonight. It's not good. So they, they do, in fact, fear, and, and there's multiple reports on it or multiple uh, pieces of reporting on it now, I should say, that uh, that indicate that they believe it is a torn ACL. So, or a torn Achilles. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, torn Achilles. So, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, this is this is his gig. And, and I think you have to hope that if Brees Hall has – the kind of day he did. I mean, he had one, I think, 63-yard run, I think is what it was, and that was just about half of the 127 yards he had on 10 carries. Yeah. Um, if that running game is as good as it should be, that can take enough pressure off of Zach Wilson for him to have a much better year um, and maybe regain, I think, the trust of, of, of Jets faithful in, in that case. Everything rises and falls off of... Uh defense in the NFL and that and that defense played fantastic tonight against Josh Allen and the Bills I mean they shut him down caused for two interceptions and uh was it three interceptions, three interceptions oh my goodness yeah. excuse me four total turnovers I think it was for Josh Allen and then on top of that their special teams returns a punt in overtime if you're doing that it takes so much pressure off of the offense because they're able to just kind of maintain field position, squeak in a touchdown or two, and then make three or four field goals. And before you know it, you've got 22, you know, like 24 points on the board. It makes football so much easier with a rock-solid defense. Uh, of course, the game ended 
dramatically uh, in overtime. This is how it sounded on Westwood One. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner. Sam Martin to punt. Deep back the rookie Gibson. Under the ball, looking into the lights. Makes the catch against his chest. 35. Breaks the tackle. 40. Comes to the near side of the block with the 50. Down the near side of the 40. Room to Rome. 35-30. Got a block at this. 25 to 20. He goes inside the 15. Breaks the tackle. Five. Touchdown. Touchdown. The Jets have won. The Jets have won. Gibson! The Jets have won! 22-16! Final! This uh, Kevin Harlan, who, by the way, he went cross-country. He called Dolphins Chargers the late game on CBS. Goes from L.A., to New York, I don't know what time he got in, and you call Bills Jets the next night. Monday uh, Night Football. Monday Night Football on Westwood One, uh, which you could hear uh, on CBS 1500. Uh, props to Kevin Harlan. That's uh, that is fantastic on oh, his yeah. part. And he and he killed the uh, the 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 go ahead TD that Miami scored uh, yesterday. Um, one of my favorites. So uh, so so good on him. By the way, that punt return. Yeah. Um, on on television, ESPN's rules expert John Perry had noted because you know if we need to put an asterisk on anything, um, he felt like this should have been. You noted it as you were watching it before I even caught it. Yeah. That there was a trip. Yeah. On that play that the officials did not see right around the twenty-one yard line, and John Perry said that should not have been ruled a touchdown. And before the trip, the the block actually was a a low cut block, which you're not allowed to do anymore down the field. Mm-hmm. So a couple of those were missed, but at the same time, I'm glad they didn't call it because anytime you can walk off in football, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, you heard the crowd right there, losing their minds. It really you, you only ever get that if there's few seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter, or if your team has the ball in overtime, will you ever have a chance for a walk off like that? And punt returns are awesome anytime they happen. No doubt. Um, I, I I think to kind of put a bow, we didn't get a lot into the NFL today for obvious reasons with uh, the way Hawaii football went over the weekend, but. Um, you know, we did talk about this game at the beginning just uh, just because of that. And uh, um, the other thing, I, I well, let, let, let's put a bow on this here. Um, we see week one start with the Chiefs surprising loss at home. We see this week end with, I, I, I'd call it a surprising loss for the Bills. On the road against an Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers list less for the most part. Jets, has your mind changed on either of these two teams, or I guess any? Well, let's let's focus on those two. Okay. Has your mind changed on either the Chiefs or the Bills, or even the uh, you know the Giants or Cowboys after that forty nothing drubbing? Let's just take prime time. Um, has your mind changed on any of these teams? Um, not so much on the Chiefs or the Bills. They will find a way to win. It 
was, uh, you know, different circumstances. The Chiefs were without Travis Kelsey, who is the backbone of their offense besides Mahomes. Uh, the Bills tonight looked like an off night for Josh Allen. Looked like he was just trying to do a little bit too much. He'll find his groove. He's an MVP caliber quarterback. Same with Joe Burrow, by the way. All this talk about he gets the new contract and no longer can play football. Just settle down, everybody. It's week one. Um, and then the Giants, though, where last year their coach won coach of the year, and now you get blown out by 40 at home to start the season. Kind of changed my mind on them being a contender in that division because okay. there's a there's a gap between, the, you know, the, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and then the other two. Yeah. It certainly was an interesting, uh, an interesting week. Definitely an interesting weekend. But uh, week two should be a little more telling as uh, as we go forward. Final words uh, coming up here in just a little bit on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Man, what a fun! Uh, well, should we say fun? This had uh, crazy. Yeah, uh, this this show had a lot of moving parts. Some of which. I don't know that we ever thought we'd get into today. The Aaron Rodgers news is certainly um, part of that just because I don't I, I, I knew we would talk about the game at some point because you had to. Um, Aaron Rodgers is playing. You can't just simply ignore the fact that you have this um, you know moment going on in the National Football League. I think I would also throw out there it you know today was the. 22nd anniversary of the tragic events on September 11th, 2001. Yep. The game is being played in New York. Um, you know, you have two New York teams there. Um, you had Aaron Rodgers running out with the American flag uh, onto the field at MetLife Stadium. So some of that stuff is is certainly not um, not lost at all. Knowing that that is, uh, um, you know, that's that's part of the backdrop of this game. On a non-football level, on a football level, obviously, uh, a lot of that was 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 definitely focused on Aaron, and yeah. uh, all the hype was on him. And if 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 you happen to be a member of the Buffalo Bills, you might have felt kind of slighted because you know maybe maybe some of that should have been on you as well. But um, this certainly does change the tenor for a lot of things um, in our conversations, and I think the way we look at, at maybe at least for the next month of the season, right? Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I mean, even pregame, they, they had him carry the American flag out onto the field right? as part of the 9-11 kind of memorial mm-hmm. um, pregame festivities. So, yeah, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is a blow to the the Jets um, fans across, across the world because you had – the announcement back in the spring, which we were waiting on for forever. Yeah. And then you had hard knocks. So all throughout preseason and training camp, you're getting geared up and excited. And then they're the last game of week one on Monday night football. And then he's done. Yeah. (laughs) This, this game can be cruel. It can, it can at times be very giving and at times it can be very cruel. And I think this is one of those one of those times where it felt very cruel today. Um, but yeah, certainly there's going to be a lot more coverage on that. Q Myers and the team on game night um, coming up here in just a little bit. We'll certainly have a lot more 
on how this played out. Before final words, if you had to rank the AFC East right now, I know it, it almost Dolphins. feels impossible. You have to, right? Dolphins number one. Yeah. Uh, number two. Eesh. I mean, the the Patriots played tough. It's probably between them and the Jets. J- just right now, mm-hmm. even though we probably haven't seen the last of the Bills either. So For sure. I'd say it's probably two, three, and four are are much tighter. But the the um, the Miami Dolphins are clearly the number one team in the East. Um, so tomorrow, yeah, I, I, I agree. Dolphins definitely won. Uh, I'm not going to put the Jets over the Bills just yet, but I also don't know that I can put the Patriots below both of them. Uh, gosh, it's hard. I it, Yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to think about that. I think as of right now, I would still put Bills. I'll put the Patriots over the Jets, even with the win today. I'll just go off field. Miami, Buffalo, Patriots, Jets. Okay. I, I don't know if Wilson's going to sustain this, and, and we'll find out. By the way, tomorrow, so we got our Tuesday turnaround tomorrow. We got to do our Mountain West Power Rankings. That's right. Uh, we didn't do it today, and I think obviously there were a million reasons why. Plenty of things uh, to talk about we, today. We didn't do it today, but uh, we'll we'll get into that tomorrow. Final words, Hunter, go for it. Um, this always happens during football season when other things in the sports world happen that deserve a little bit of attention. Uh, that kind of get overshadowed by week one of of football. And uh, there was what many are calling one of the biggest upsets in UFC history that happened this past weekend. Uh, Israel Adesanya got beaten by Sean Strickland. Sorry if this is a spoiler alert for those uh, in their cars, but I think it was two days ago now. It was. Um, Sean Strickland actually uh, beat Israel Adesanya, who's been rumored to be one of the you know, most dominant guys in the middleweight division for a long time now. Um, and kind of unprecedented. Uh, Izzy's kind of been running out of guys to fight. And so th- I think this kind of came out of nowhere for some people and caught him, I think caught him with a left and dropped him. Uh, he, he didn't get knocked out, but they, they kind of went the distance. But to me, this is certainly interesting because we thought that Israel Adesanya was kind of the heir apparent to being one of the best ever. Uh, my final words. Uh, gosh, what a what a weekend. Uh, it's good to have the NFL back. We were at uh, the lookout in uh, Waikai and Eva Beach. That was uh, that was fun. Um, you know, enjoyed them uh, having us. Got to watch a bunch of games. Uh, one of the games we watched did have a, a, a freak injury, and that was J.K. Dobbins, who's That's now right. done for the year for the Baltimore Another Ravens. Another Achilles. So we've got two injuries here. I I, I worry about uh, about Baltimore. I mean, Lamar Jackson did not have a great game. They played Houston. They, they won pretty handily. But it was not a game I, I feel like he could have felt good about. Um, Dobbins' injury could be very important for them. So mm-hmm. um, week one... Uh, took took away. I think for some uh, week two gets started on Thursday. That should be uh, that should be a lot of fun. 